Every year, about 25 million hectares of dry land crops are sown in Australia, typically producing more than 40 million tonnes of grain, with a roughly equivalent mass of crop residue, or stubble, remaining in the paddock. It's estimated that these crop stubbles grown could provide about 3 billion ewe grazing days, or enough forage to feed all of Australia's 65 million sheep for six weeks. You're listening to The Yarn, the number one wool industry podcast. I'm Ellie Bigwood. When we put our sheep on crop stubbles, the quality of these stubbles varies widely from crop to crop due to several factors, including the stubble composition, so the amount of grains, leaf and stem in the stubbles, the crop species and varieties, the soil and crop management, so fertiliser and herbicide use, the climate and, of course, the conditions in the paddock. So... What is the nutritive value of modern crop stubbles for sheep? Well, that is a question that AWI, in collaboration with MLA and CSIRO, are researching the answers to. Dr. Dean Thomas is a research scientist from CSIRO who grew up on a wheat sheep farm west of Ravensthorpe in Western Australia. This upbringing fueled his interest in agricultural production and his work now aims to better understand the extensive grazing systems we have in southern Australia. So, stubble quality, grazing days, chaff piles, preferential grazing, utilising paddocks better and more. We're covering it all in today's episode of The Yarn, as Dean explains the ins and outs of this research to better understand the nutritive value of crop stubbles. So, the, the project itself was developed on the basis that we hadn't really had a lot of research uh, in that the feed base, the stubble part, um, for Quite a, quite a long time, so the case was made to develop a project that allowed us to get a better understanding around that part of the, the feed base, as in the stubble component. So what research has happened before this project? My understanding is that when we look at crops, we look at plant breeding and how to boost their yields, but yeah, not necessarily looking at what they can offer to livestock. Yeah, so in terms of plant breeding, um, it's definitely focused on the grain production component. There's virtually no real consideration for what uh, you know, the residues might happen to those in, in terms of um, animal production, which um, is a pretty important part of mixed farming systems. There has been work done on, on the value of stubbles to livestock in the past, but a lot of that research was done 30 or 40 years ago. So the objective of this project was to have a look at the modern crop systems and the value of the stubble residues. So there have been some trials looking at some of the components of new systems, but this project was looking at more of an overarching and a wider scale in terms of uh, what our assessment was of the nutritive value of stubbles. Crops, machinery, they've all changed quite dramatically over the past 30 to 40 years. Would you agree? So it's probably time that we looked into it again. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, one of the big changes has been the way that the chaff coming out of the head as the harvest has been managed. So some of our recent work in this project was to do a survey of mixed farming producers and to look at the way that they manage their crop stubbles at harvest and what implications that might have for livestock production. So one of the things that we looked at there was... Um, their management practices with chaff and what we found was that about 50% of mixed farmers just spread stubble out the back of their harvesters but there's also a proportion that uh, collect the chaff and 
about 20%. We're putting it into to chaff heaps and then also there's quite a lot of chaff lining that's done now. So putting the chaff at the back of the header into windrows or, or lines which aggregates that chaff. And so these different chaff management practices create different outcomes for livestock that are, are grazing on the, the, the stubbles because um, the, the job of the, the sheep on grazing a stubble is to go and select those components that are edible and are going to give it its um, productive capacity when they're grazing stubbles. I'm going to come back to grazing chaff piles versus grazing grain on the ground a bit later on. Let's start with how many crops were researched. So when we talk about nutritive value of crop stubbles, that's very broad. There are so many varieties of crops out there. Um, Which parts of the plant are we looking at? Yeah, tell us the scale of this project because it wasn't just looking at one species. We're looking at a lot of different varieties of crops. Yeah, so we were looking at the main varieties of crops and the, the stubbles associated with those, so wheat, barley, canola and lupins in this study. We had some producer engagement in the process because we sent out a survey and also associated the opportunity to send samples in to be analysed at our laboratory. So as a result of that, we are able to get a really wide cross-section of samples um, and measure those. So... What we then did when we got those samples and brought them back in was to isolate the components and the fractions of those crop stubbles because we're interested to see what the differences in their feed quality were across those different um, components. So different components being the stem, the grain. Yeah, that's right. And um, so we so we implemented a, a, some, some methods to separate those fractions. We're particularly interested in taking out the uh, stem fraction because what we found is that uh, in most stubbles particularly wheat stubbles there's very little of that material actually gets eaten so we've done studies where we've grazed our stubble for six weeks and found that the amount of biomass particularly stem and coarser biomass at the end of that six weeks grazing period is exactly the same as at the start so there hasn't actually been any of that consumed at all yeah. uh, the sheep will very much go and select those finer high quality components of a stubble quite efficiently so maybe only 10% of the biomass might be consumed and the rest is really inedible material. What did the results of the feed testing show comparing nutrition across the different crop varieties? Yeah, so looking at the different crop species, for example, I guess some of this research confirmed what was already anecdotally known around crop stubbles. So we found that uh, of the stubbles, wheat was the lowest quality so we're talking for the main stem component of wheat of having a digestibility around 35 to 40 percent whereas barley stubbles were about 10 percent higher than that and it also depended on components a little bit so for the edible components um, we found that lupin chaff was actually quite high in nutritive value so as far as stubbles go kept bearing in mind that stubbles are a quite a low quality feed component compared to, to a lot of other feeds but um, yeah lupins and lupin pod was up around that 50% digestibility mark, so around 7 megajoules of metabolisable energy per kilogram type level, which is sort of approaching maintenance uh, feeding for, for livestock, whereas, yeah, as I mentioned, wheat was the lowest and barley was somewhere in between those. Canola, the components of canola were all quite low in nutritive value as well, so particularly that the main stem is very fibrous and, and it's... Yeah, it's got to do with the amount of uh, indigestible fibre in those components. So that was of low nutritive value. The grazing days that sheep have in the stubbles, does that make a big does that have a big influence as well on how much nutrition they're getting? 
Grazing days is essentially a measure of how much, um, getting back to the, the story about energy, how much energy and feed value is actually in a stubble. So grazing days is used as a way to standardise that amount of value and, and make that as a more practically useful tool. So effectively what a sheep grazing day is, is it's the amount of metabolisable energy that's required to maintain a adult non-reproducing sheep that's 50 kilograms for a day and so that's how we define a grazing day and it turns out that that's about 8.9 megajoules of energy. We can either talk about the amount of megajoules of energy that are available um, in a particular feed-based component or a little bit more practically talk about it in terms of the number of sheep grazing days per unit area so per, Mm. per hectare in a stubble. And so in terms of some of the other related work that we have done on stubbles, we've been able to ascertain that for wheat stubbles, and this is across a number of sheep grazing studies, we've measured that the number of grazing days on a wheat stubble is about 160 grazing days, which is equivalent to about 1,400 um, megajoules of metabolizable energy per hectare. So that gives us an idea, and, and that type of information is useful to be able to feed budget and understand how much you're going to get out of grazing a stubble. Yes, certainly. And I believe there's more information on that in the recently released stubble grazing booklet. Yes, we have used the opportunity to put together a booklet as a way of bringing together this research that's been across a number of different components um, within this project. So we've um, included some of the survey results where we surveyed 41 mixed farmers in relation to their practices around feed-based management and stubble utilisation. And we've also taken and put through the laboratory over 300 samples to measure the quality of the feed-based components that were, were collected. And we've also run an animal house trial. So pulling together that information um, into a booklet was uh, a way of providing some practical information to be used as a reference as farmers are heading into that time of the year where they're going to be grazing stubbles at the moment. So that's just been released fairly recently. Certainly a resource for you all to check out. Let's talk about the importance of the amount of spilled grain on the nutritional value of a paddock. The value, the grazing value of a stubble is very much going to depend on those higher quality components that are contained within the stubble. So we're talking about the grains, that the fine leaf and stem that animals are able to select and also any green material that might be in a stubble. Sheep have the capacity to be able to quite efficiently select out those high quality components and as, as the question is that you know the grain is, is one of the most important ones of those so I mentioned before that on average wheat stubbles will have about um, 1400 megajoules per hectare of metabolizable energy available for sheep but if you think about it 100 kilos per hectare which is the average amount of spilt grain we've found in wheat stubbles will contain about a thousand megajoules of metabolizable energy but on its own so every additional 100 kilos that might be left behind the stubble it sort of might double the grazing value of the stubbles of course that all depends on how effectively the sheep can pick up every last bit of grain and we have measured over time the uh, depletion of the grain biomass in stubbles as under grazing so sheep do go around picking up that grain and we find that the amount of grain left behind might decrease from 120 kilograms per hectare down to 20 kilograms per hectare over the course of uh, six weeks of grazing stubbles. That amount of palatable feed on the ground, it presents a real opportunity for growers to utilise their paddocks well and actually improve their sheep condition. But is there a point where you need to bring in supplementary feeding because you don't 
want to then go backwards when that excess grain on the ground runs out. Is that a common problem, do you believe? Yeah, I think that's a really important consideration with managing stubbles. Grazing a stubble for for six weeks might result in in a situation where you've still got the same amount of biomass or maybe 10% less biomass in the paddock. So for all intents and purposes, visually, it may look like there's still quite a lot out there, albeit that sheep do trample stubbles and and I guess make them look like there's less in some ways. But um, it's really about understanding the edible components and the the point at which there might be still a lot of biomass there but the sheep aren't getting anything out of it that's where it's important to be able to make management decisions around grazing stubbles so you know at that time commonly farmers will start to provide supplementary feeding so lupins is, is really one of the ideal supplementary feeds in cereal stubbles because it provides that additional protein to balance out that low protein and low quality diet that that might be left behind and the sheep can get a little bit more out of the stubbles at that point if it's safe to do so. The appeal of this project particularly goes to those mixed farming enterprises that's who helped you out with this research or who was involved. There are a lot of areas which are phasing out of sheep but in terms of utilising your paddocks better having all that excess feed on the ground if you don't have sheep there you're really you're potentially missing out on huge gains. So yeah, how can we better utilise our paddocks? What would be needed for those big croppers in terms of watering holes? Do we bring in temporary fencing to try and encourage them back into sheep and help them see the benefits of having sheep to eat their leftover stubbles? Yeah, I mean, that's a really big question around big, bigger farms that uh, have gone out of sheep and the infrastructure is not really suitable now because fences have been taken out on those types of things. So uh, it is a challenge. Um, the silver bullet, I guess, in some ways that, that's being talked about is virtual fencing. So but we, I think we're still a little way off that at the moment, although a lot of activity and some promising signs with uh, some of the research that's being done there. One of the things that we did do some work with uh, to look at sheep utilising larger paddocks was to use some GPS tracking and on-animal monitoring systems to identify areas of the paddock that weren't being utilised. And what we then were able to do was to target supplementary feeding of lupins in those areas that weren't being utilised. And we did demonstrate that the utilisation of those areas increased substantially once we started supplementary feeding there. So that's one sort of little trick, I suppose, to get the sheep to move around a little bit but yeah it's 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 an important going to be an important challenge to try to get more utilization of those large areas of stubble one of, one of the things that might help that as well is the increased um, aggregation of chaff in chaff piles or chaff lines so that then gives the capacity for that material to be bailed up and transported to other places where it might be used so let's go back to chaff piles and chaff lines how do they compare nutritionally to grain on the ground yeah well chaff Piles and chaff lines will have their own proportion of grain in them. One of the things that we did find in this research was that barley chaff piles had four times more grain in than wheat chaff piles, so maybe there's some differences in in the efficiency of harvest in those circumstances. So clearly the grain component is going to be very important in terms of the quality of the chaff pile. But we've also recently done some animal house experiments on chaff where we fed different chaffs to, to livestock and we... We're able to demonstrate that even wheat chaff, which is the lowest quality of, of the chaffs, based on our other lab research, that both older sheep and young sort of year old lambs were prepared to consume that material quite readily, despite it being very low quality. So we're talking about an average of about six megajoules per 
kilogram of metabolizable energy that they were eating between 700 and grams in a kilo per day of that material which is going to be a useful contribution to their overall intake and then we also tested some supplementary feeding of, of lupins which again provided another level of improvement. So they were encouraging results for our, our chaff piles and we'd expect that barley chaff piles with more grain and also slightly higher quality material would provide better value and there has, has been a little bit of trial work looking at canola um, chaff piles and a combination of that and some anecdotal research has actually shown the improvement in the energy value of those stubbles as a result of that practice of building shaft piles. On those animal house studies as well, you looked at preferential grazing. Yeah, we did. That was uh, one of the, the main objectives was to actually look at diet selection in those chaff piles. So then, you know, we could use that information as a bit of a guide to understand what might happen when you've got you know, sheep in situ in a paddock with chaff piles and what they might select. The results are quite hot off the press still and preliminary but we've definitely been able to identify some selectivity of of sheep of the sheep we gave them about twice as much as what they would eat so that they then had the capacity to select out what they wanted to and leave behind what they didn't and there was um yeah a few percentage units of difference in their selection of that um uh, among that material for the higher quality components um so that's that's being able to help with our estimation of what the intake might be um, and what the nutritive value of those doubles might be because component selection in crop stubbles and, and chaff is, is really key because the animals aren't just going to eat the average and if they did, they wouldn't do very well. Mm-hmm. But we know, in fact, livestock can perform quite well on chaff stubbles. So lodged crops from rain and wind pushing crops over, that would result in a lot of the stalk going through the header. Will that have an impact on your chaff piles and the quality of the feed coming out the back as well. Yeah, so in the chaff piles, we found that about 10% of the material is actually that coarse main stem material, whereas if you take uh, quadrant cuts from a, a stubble, it's about 50% of the material is actually that main stem. So the process of harvesting and aggregation of that chaff means that higher proportion of those high-quality components are, are being selected. So Certainly that the chaff quality will be influenced by the height the head is set at. So the lower the um, crop is harvested, the more of that lower quality material is going to be in there. You've discovered a lot from this research. Um, Some maybe you had already thought that would be the case, but when will the final amounts of this research be finished? Yeah, so we're uh, going to tidy up the final report over the next uh, couple of months and and that will be submitted at the end of January. So that's the sort of time frame we're working on, but... um, yeah, I think there's still more work to be done um, in terms of making sure that we're providing the best you know, opportunities for farmers to monitor and manage their own stubbles and manage that feed-based component. So I think going forward, there's going to be more ability to use digital technologies for monitoring and management of sheep grazing stubbles and also observationally of the stubbles themselves. So being able to forecast the amount of pasture and feed-based components and do better feed budgeting across your season is really uh, critical. So what the feed base is, it's a year-round and ongoing challenge in some ways to provide all of those different components of the feed base so we're talking about um, grazing crops stubbles pastures perennials and um, so all of of those little components it's a challenge to manage those with the 
between season and in season variability of, of, of climate. So mm-hmm. that's really the objective of what we're doing is really around being able to better quantify and provide the tools to do the budgeting in what's a fairly complex system. And so that final report, will that help producers with guidelines um, for managing their feed base? One of the practical outcomes of that project is going to be to try to develop a grazing calculator. So that's underway and what we want to be able to do with that is to give producers the ability to put in their own scenarios for stubble grazing and to be able to predict what outcomes there might be in terms of how many grazing days they might have on a particular paddock or a particular crop type under under certain conditions so I think that'll be an important um, part of extending this work and um, getting some practical value out of it. Dean Thomas thanks for having a yarn with us today that was really interesting and can't wait for the calculator to come out and have some practical management strategies on farm thanks for joining us. Thanks Ellie great to have a chat. Dr Dean Thomas there from CSIRO. Where can you find more information on this? Well I'm glad you asked. The Grazing Modern Stubbles booklet that Dean mentioned earlier in the episode is available on our website, so head to wool.com forward slash stubbles for more information on the nutrition and management of sheep grazing stubbles in mixed farming areas. And stay tuned in the new year for the Stubbles Calculator, which will further support you in understanding the feed quality of your stubbles to your livestock. That's all for today's episode of The Yarn. AWI is on Facebook on Twitter at Wool Innovation and Instagram at Australian Wool. I'm Ellie Bigwood. Thank you for your company and see you soon for another yarn.